Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us here um, once again. Um, you know, one of the works of the Holy Spirit, one of the responsibilities of the Holy Spirit is found in the book of John, John chapter 16. Really, these uh, few chapters, there's um, Jesus begins to uh, talk to his disciples about the coming Holy Spirit who would come and would uh take his place on the earth, basically. And Jesus said this, the famous lines of, it is expedient for you that I go away because if I don't go, the comforter won't come. And so the disciples here are probably in a place of shock. They've walked with Jesus for years. They've been with him everywhere he's gone. They've seen the miracles. He's the Messiah, right? Right? He's the one who's supposed to restore um, the kingdom uh, uh, power back to Israel and make Israel this 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 great nation again. Um, but here Jesus all of a sudden is talking about leaving, but he says, it's time for me to go away because if I don't go, the Holy Ghost won't come. And so we see this and, and we get a glimpse why right after that. So that verse is in John 16, verse seven. Um, uh, he says in verse eight, and when he has come, his explanation for why it's better, he says, when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So he gives three things. He says, number one, it's uh, to reprove the world of sin. Number two, of righteousness. And number three, of judgment. You know, a lot of times this verse is overlooked, but one of the responsibilities of the Holy Ghost is to bring, ultimately to bring people into relationship with God. Before you were a Christian, when you heard the gospel message, it was the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you who made it that you were able to respond to the gospel. You know, without the work of the Holy Spirit, you actually couldn't even repent. That's what it says to convince them... um, he, uh, he will reprove the world of sin. Man is Mankind on his own isn't convicted of sin. There's a conscience that man is uh, built with. It's a God-given conscience which will convict him. But when when the gospel message of, is preached, it's, it's the sin of not believing on Jesus. People say, well, what sin will send you to hell? Well, you're born into sin. The, the, the only sin that will actually send you to hell is, is not accepting Jesus Christ, the sin of unbelief, right, in Jesus Christ and not appropriating because there's no sin that will separate us from God but denying Jesus Christ or not having faith in Jesus Christ. So when, when the gospel was preached about the saving grace of Jesus Christ, that was the Holy Ghost at work within you saying, I want to bring you into a place of uh, uh, relationship with the Father. It was the work of the Holy Ghost. But the next thing that he did was it says he convinces us of righteousness. So it says, if you uh, look down in verse 10, it says of uh, uh, verse nine of sin, because they believe not on me of righteousness, because I go to my father and you see me no more. You know, for us as believers, one of the most important things if not the most important thing that you know as a born-again Christian is that you're in right standing with God. And I really believe that this there's misconceptions about what it is to be righteous and how righteousness works. There's this thinking, this prevalent thinking of, hey, I become righteous as my actions change. And that's not the case at all. You know, salvation is such a crazy thing because there's so much that happens, right? The blood of Jesus comes and it washes away our sins. So the mistakes that we've personally made, hey, when I was 15, I did this. When I was 19, I did this. And these are individual sins that if we could have a tally of all the things 
we've done wrong. The blood of Jesus washes those things away. But that isn't all of salvation. It isn't just the record being wiped clean. Because then what happens next? We would just keep on sinning, right? Salvation is a change of nature. Righteousness becomes who we are. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17 through 21 says, um, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. And then it goes down verse 21. It says, and he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So what is that verse saying? It's telling us that when we got born again, we actually changed natures. Hear me on this. I'm not righteous by the righteous actions that come from my life. I'm righteous by what Jesus did for me. The new born again nature is to be righteous. Yes, the Holy Spirit's work is to then, it says, to convince us of righteousness. You know, you have to allow the Holy Ghost to convince you that you're righteous. Because this is what happens. People work backwards. People try to become righteous. This is going to help your faith. This really will help you in every area of life. Um, People try to be righteous. And so then the devil has place where if someone sinned, right, someone messed up, someone slipped and fell, that they feel like they have no standing before God. Man, I made this mistake and now I'm just out here and now I'm trying I'm to try to get back on the straight and narrow. Where that's not how righteousness works. The reason we can stand before God isn't because there's a, a time that's a, a lapse since we've sinned right? Oh, it's been three days since I've, I've sinned, right? So now I can stand before God. The reason we can stand before God is because we are able to stand there by the gift of righteousness. We've been, um, we've been given, uh, we've been given the gift of righteousness by what Jesus did, uh, on the cross. And so it's something that changes who we are. When you become born again at that moment, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. There's no difference. There's no levels of righteousness. It's not I'm 80% righteous. I'm I'm 90% righteous. And now I'm reading my Bible every day and I'm going to church every week. So now I'm more righteous. Righteousness is a yes or a no. And ultimately, it's a it's an identity that's given to us from Jesus Christ. The Bible in, uh, says in Philippians, it says that we don't look at our own righteousness. And so under the old covenant, there was a righteousness by the law. It was them. Hey, I've done this. I've done this. And now I'm righteous. But the new righteousness under the new covenant is righteousness by faith. What does that mean? That means that it's not our righteousness. This will liberate you. When God looks at you, as a Christian, he doesn't see Ryan Yusta, right? He doesn't look at me and see Ryan Yusta. Okay, Ryan Yusta qualifies. He looks at me and sees the personal righteousness of Jesus Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So when God sees me, he sees the righteousness. I'm approaching him, not as Ryan Yusta, but as covered in the blood of Jesus, wearing like a garment, the personal righteousness of Jesus Christ. And that's why it doesn't fluctuate. The Holy Spirit's job is to convince you that you are righteous. And you ask, why is that so important? Well, everything we do, God wants us to take territory in faith. 
every part of our inheritance comes from faith, right? Every bit of ground we gain as Christians comes from faith. And if we don't know that we qualify, oh, because, you know, I've just always struggled with it in this area. I've struggled with you know, lust. I've struggled with lying. I've struggled with this. Those things need to be dealt with. But it you don't, you aren't qualified or disqualified by how long it's been since you've made a mistake. You know, the reality is for us is the behavior changes when we realize that's not who we are anymore. Your nature changed. Uh, uh, Romans chapter eight, verse two says, uh, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. There's two types of people on this earth. There's Christians and there's non-Christians. It's not black or white. It's not um, American or Puerto Rican or Hispanic or Asian, or it's not male, female. It's it's Christian versus not Christian. Because when the Bible actually says that we're new creatures in Christ, we actually become a new species. So it's kind of, it's like thinking about someone... Uh, I watched Superman growing up, right? So there was Clark Kent and he gets sent from this other planet. And so he looks like a human, but he's not a human, right? He's not a human in any way. He's from a different planet. He's a different species with these powers. And so when you think about that, when you change families, when you go from being a child of disobedience to a child of God, you actually change natures and it's no longer your nature to sin anymore. Well, then how come I'm still sinning as a Christian? It's because you didn't know any better. You know, it's like someone can be eating out of a dumpster and be homeless. And then it turns out that they were actually related to someone who is royalty. They had the option to be living in a castle, eating from the finest food of the food of the land. But it was because they didn't know who they were. They didn't know what was theirs. As a child of God, that's why it says you've been translated out of darkness and brought into the light. Your whole uh, nature changed. You went from being under the law of sin and of death to being under the law of the spirit. And that's why sickness has no part in you. Everything that we do as Christians comes back to who we are in Christ Jesus that we are the sons of God. It's not a decision of, oh, uh, I've just prescribed to this religion. Christianity is actually not a religion. Christianity is the life of God inside of people. Christianity is is not just one of many religions. It is God's life inside mankind. There's no other really way to put it. It's the life of God inside us. Colossians talks about that's Christ in us, the hope of glory. That's our great hope, is that when God looks at us, we were never good enough. We were doomed as a human race. But God looks at us and sees the blood of Jesus, and therefore the sins are washed away, and therefore he sees us as his own. That's what it means to be born again. You become a different species altogether. So part, so as Christians, well, all right, what do we do now? You, you allow the Holy Ghost to convince you of, of being righteous. That's what it's saying here, that the Holy Spirit con- convinces us of righteousness. He's trying uh, he's trying hard to convince you that that you can come boldly to the throne of grace. 
But but we're so easy to bring up our past. Man, I used to do this. Oh, I used to struggle with this. Oh, this was always a hardship for me. And we allow our past to dictate who we are when God actually wants it to be that our past doesn't dictate. I don't have a past. I used to be, I may have a memory of a past, but that's not my past. That was a different creature altogether. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new and all things are of God. And so understanding that when you come and spend time with the word, one of the things that God is going to do is show you who you are. And there takes a decision for you to say, I'm choosing to finally believe this. I'm not going to allow myself to believe nonsense anymore. I'm a child of God. Man, I'm loved by God. God is my very own father. Whoa, how crazy is that? God himself is my father. You know, I I was fathered by a human, but now God is my father. He takes care of me. He provides for me. He's He's got a home, a spiritual home in heaven. Not, not like an ethereal home, but like there's an actual on a spiritual planet, right? Which is the real, real. There's everything you see comes from something that's unseen. But I've got a home waiting for me for all eternity. I've got a second body waiting for me. I've been taken out of darkness and I've been brought into light and I'm a child of God. You must allow the Holy Ghost to come and convince you of the fact that you're righteous. And then the last part, it says, uh, and of judgment, And that's such a big thing, you know, for us as young people, we can kind of look at life through the lens of, hey, I have 80 years, I have 90 years, I have 100 years, you know, whatever it is, I'll retire, I'll work a job, I'll retire, I'll do this. And we can look, look through life through those lenses. But really, the, the, um, uh, we have to begin to look at life through eyes of eternity. So it says, verse 11 of John 16, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. You know, at that moment, Jesus was saying, I've cast out Satan. I'm judging Satan and the prince of this world is cast out. And so for us, we start our spiritual life with an understanding that I once was lost, but now I'm found. I'm not who I was. Any mistakes the former person made, that's not me. I'm a new creature in Christ. And we renew our mind to that reality. You'll never leave sin behind until you until you understand that you're the righteousness of God in Christ. You'll always have sin lingering in your life when you still think, oh, I'm just a Christian trying to do okay. You're not just a Christian trying to do okay. You are a son or a daughter of God. You are full of the power of God. You are anointed to prosper. You are on the winning side. The the devil has been cast out and you have dominion. Until, you've convi- until you're convinced of that fact, you'll always allow uh, compromise in your life. Always. Because compromise is just part of it, right? But it's not. As children of God, we've been brought into a place of dominion, where the prince of the world is cast out, where we have authority, where when I walk into a room, I'm the principality. I'm the one that has the spiritual authority. I'm the one that has healing in my hands. I'm the one that has victory in my mouth. I'm the one with the gospel that dispels darkness. If I walk into a room, I'm the one in charge spiritually because of what God has done on the inside of me. And so allow the Holy Ghost, even as you read the word, really to give you a new identity 
Don't let your past dictate who you are. There's no one on earth who has greater access to God than you do. Why? Because you're a child of God. Hebrews 4.16, come boldly to the throne of grace. Our approach to God can be with boldness. Why? Because God looks at us and sees the personal righteousness of Jesus Christ. Let him convince you of who you are. Father, I thank you for every listener. Lord, I thank you for a new revelation as to who they are in Christ and the boldness that we can have, that we can pray radical prayers because we're children of God. We're not waiting to become children of God. We've been adopted. God God is my very own father. I have favor with the King of kings and Lord of lords, and I'm going from glory to glory. I speak against any mountain that would try to come stand in your way, and I say, be removed in the name of Jesus all blockages to go in Jesus' name. Lord, let the eyes of people's hearts be flooded with light to understand who they are. Lord, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you. Jesus loves you. We'll see you on the next podcast.